This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the MK1 podcast. Um, I'll be your host today. My name's Joe and joining me today is Ross Duffy and Dalton Flint. Unfortunately, Liam couldn't make it today. He's got uh, some more pressing matters to attend to. But uh, Ross, how are you getting on, mate? Um, I'm trying to fight this cold off what I've, I've had for the past few days. But I'm, yeah, I'm fine, thanks. Good stuff, good stuff. Dalton, how, how, are, you, how are you keeping, my friend? Yeah, all good, mate. All good. Just finished work. Get the, the just past the rush hour traffic, mate. Got home. All good. Lovely, lovely. The stresses of modern life. Um, so yes, yesterday we had a game. Uh, Plymouth Argyle at home. It was a one-all draw. Um, I, just to kick things off, I thought it was okay. I thought we had some decent chances. Um, I thought they grew into it the longer the game went on. A draw was maybe a fair result, but I think possibly. Ross, that there maybe could have been an argument for us winning the game. Oh, yeah, I, I completely agree. I felt um, we created the best chances. Um, Moen, especially in that first half. Um, I don't know how tight of an angle it actually was because of, obviously, where, where we're standing in uh, block 11. But it seemed like a good um, quality chance. And from Mo, obviously, people said we, we paid the money, so you expect him to slot away them chances. But it's a weird one because of at Morecambe, I'd arguably say that chance was a lot harder than what it was yesterday. And he puts in the back of the net. And I think you get these um, things with strikers. They probably score the harder chances. But um, obviously tonight I got the early goal and um, I felt we are in control at times, um, especially in that first half. Um, and it was just gutting to see when Darling went off. Um, obviously, um, he's a key figure in the side. Um, but I wasn't too worried about the subs coming on and doing the job when I heard it was Baldwin who was coming on. And then um, Plymouth nicked the goal and I felt from there on, we sat back slightly. Um, we didn't stick to our own game. Um, I felt when we um, pl- played played on the floor, instead of going a bit route one, I felt we uh, we were stretching that Plymouth side and um, we started creating some good chances. Um, that Troy Parrott chance, which hit the bar, which he arguably could have said he could have squared it to Mo if he looked up. But um, it's all ifs and buts. But if before the game, I probably would have took a point. But overall, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too um, displeased as long as we get uh, probably three points on Saturday. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it, it does almost depend whether that was a good point or two points dropped moving on to, uh, moving on to Saturday's game, which we'll be previewing later on. Um, Dalton, you were at the game, obviously. Um, how did you how did you see it? Did you think it was maybe two points dropped or, or a point gained? Um, it's a hard one to tell. I think being at home, I would have liked to see us go for it a little bit more. Like like what Ross said, as soon as it went 1-1, we almost sat back a little bit. But just going back to that ISA chance, 
it was very similar to his chance against Bolton first game of the season and he buried that. But obviously he ain't really had a run of games. It's been a bit hit or miss and he didn't score. But it was it was a strange game because we scored and then it was it it was two teams that didn't want to lose, really. And it was one of them. But it's, it's a point against... I'm not sure where they were in the league yesterday, but they, they're going to be up there. But we'll have to see how their new manager does. Is it Stephen Schumacher? He's at the wheel, yes. That's it. That, that's him. So we'll see how they do with that. But yeah, it, it was... It was a tight game and I don't think either team wanted to lose. But being the home team, I would have liked to see us go for it a little bit more. But obviously, having Darling come off, that back five kind of got broke apart a little bit. And to be fair, I thought Aidan Baldwin played brilliant when he came on. And um, and it's like when Parrot come on, you, you, you see the minute Parrot come on, we had that player dropping deep. And it I think I think it was on the matter of pitch for, what, five minutes and he, and he hit the crossbar. And I think he did change the game, but we need to start seeing more, more, more of Troy Parrott if we're going to see the best of him. Yeah, I agree. I've actually got written down to just talk about uh, Troy a little bit later. Um, I thought that, you know, as we say, it was quite a close game, but they, they had a lot more of the ball in the second half. But I do think that it, when you actually look at it, though, we had the best openings and, and even if some of them didn't create, uh, relate to a really high-value chance. I think when Troy went in and actually hit the bar, he could have squared that to Mo. And I think um, you know what I want to come on to is actually talking about Mo, because I've seen a few people on social media, you maybe say, you know, when he's not scoring, he's not really doing much. And, you know, he, he, he nearly got on the end of a Daniel Harvey cross. Um, he went through one-on-one. Well, it was, it was a tight angle, but a tight-ish angle, but uh, the keeper made a good save. And then, obviously, he was there in an area where Troy could have cut it back to him. So, you know, are you, are you, are you, Dalton, are you at all concerned about most performances of late? Or do you think it's maybe just a matter of we're going to get games like this where he's just unlucky and that he'll score more goals than he, in, he'll score more in games than he doesn't? Yeah, well, I think um, straight off the bat after the game last night, I was I was quite annoyed with him because you watch him play and... I, I just don't know. He's one of them players. Like he's got, he's our what our biggest signing, our record signing, and I think for a lot of fans, he he's expected to score goals and and I think he had that one amazing season at Cheltenham, didn't he? And then it was almost like at Peterborough, he, he I think I think he scored every other game, and he's almost doing. If if he didn't get that injury, he's almost just reflecting that on on him playing for us now. And the more and more I think think about it, the more and more I'm like, he's probably just going to knock in a goal against probably the bottom half teams. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm more, I'm more concerned that, that he, he, he was in the, he was in the game last night. He didn't really have many chances other than that one where, um, where he went through on goal at the first half. And then, like you said, all it takes is Troy Parrott to square that ball, and he scored. And and with Harry Kane, Harry Kane to Raheem Sterling, um, I can't remember who England were playing, but that that screenshot of where he could have passed it, but he didn't. But if Troy Parrott would have scored, it wouldn't even be talking about it now. So I, I wouldn't say I'm I'm concerned, but he needs to get a run of games. He he's almost always got a knock here because I thought is he about 28, 27? Yeah, twenty seven, I think. Yeah, so I'm. I mean, I. You, you would have thought as soon as he'd come to us at the start of the season, you would have thought, right, he needs to get a good run of games behind him and start bagging some goals. And then he did at the start, but I mean, it's not even Christmas yet. I know it's only a few weeks away, but you hopefully we see the best of him now because at this rate, we we need to start winning. And Saturday is a, giant, is a humongous game. And if he, if he scores two or, or at least one to win us the game, then yeah, I'm, I'm happy as Larry, but... Yeah, it's it's a tough one, Mo. I don't know. What, what do you think, Joe? What do you think of him? I think, well, if you look at just this season, he's he's uh, played started eleven games and he scored five goals. So you're pretty much at that goal every other game, um, yeah. right? And I think with with Mo, we've seen he can finish because, like you say, the first when he went through, first of all, it was almost a carbon copy of that Bolton uh, goal, and yeah, you just yeah, want him to. I think he tried to. I think he tried to place it rather than just put his laces through it like he did at Bolton. Um, 
But I think as well, like, you know, if he's getting in these areas, it wasn't as if we didn't have chances. And that's when I would be concerned if he's strolling about and we're struggling. But actually, he he was inches away from getting on the end of a really good Dan Harvey cross. And he was there for the cutback if needed. And actually, he was, I think um, Tanai was saying that he was, <laughs> Mo Ice was like, I wanted him to square it to him. So if Tanai missed, again, we're probably talking about why didn't Tanai square it to Mo? So, you know, actually, I think, He's, I mean, we've said it before, he's the sort of player, he comes alive in the box. And I think with any striker, they're going to miss chances. So as long as he gets, as long as he uh, keeps getting those chances, I'm not too worried. Are you, are you similar, Ross, in your views uh, on that? hundred uh, percent. I know I've um, been quite vocal of how much I uh, I like Mo as a striker. And obviously I, I did say he was our main transfer target in the summer when uh, we were talking about Marquise and that. Um, I think Mo's the, I think Mo is the, the guy to take us forward. Um, you've just got to give him time. And as Joe literally just said, he's took the words out of my mouth. If he's making the runs and he's getting the chances, he, he must be doing something well. And yes, um, yes, he's not putting them away. And yeah, you pay money for that. But if you're, if you're getting him them, them chances, they're going to go in the back of the net uh, some way. And it's not like he's not converting his chances because obviously his record speaks for itself. But... Um, I think a lot, what a lot of people think, um, get frustrated at, at the fact is like he tries to play off the last man, and that's where he's best. He and yeah, he tries to play off the, the last man, and because of we've seen with Waters, he runs off the last man. Mo's probably not as quick or physical, and at times it can get frustrating, and he he's probably offside every now and then. And yeah, it's it's chances squandered, but at the end of the day, if he if he does get in the box. Or, you back him at the end of the day. And I just feel um, he's a lot more to Mo than scoring. It, we saw it at Cheltenham, especially his hold-up play. He brought others into play, especially Matt O'Reilly and Twine. And I just feel there's a lot more to his game than just scoring goals. Yeah, no, and I, I think, yeah, I think, I think I agree on that one as well. And speaking of strikers, um, Troy Parrott, we've not really seen him uh recently and I, I mean there's various reasons floating around why illness covid protocols etc um but even when he has been uh around the team he's not really featured he's been on the bench and he's come off come on late where he hasn't really made an impact and i thought he made quite a big impact yesterday ross so do you think it's possible where we could see him being involved a bit more in the future or and also why do you think liam manning maybe hasn't started him uh, more often recently I think with Mo, um, obviously, scoring at Cheltenham, I, I, I don't feel like he should should have been dropped to the bench, um, especially with Waters carrying that little knock. So it was more precaution on his side. And then Charlie Brown, I personally don't feel like he's a man to lead a line when you've got Mo in the side. So I think the right approach was Mo, to start Mo. Um, but with Troy, it's, it's a strange one because of obviously he's a young lad. Um, he's had a few loan spells now. He's... He got played out of position, especially at Ipswich, and it just didn't. A few things didn't work out, and then he start he started for us like a house on fire, and we're all um, we're all praising him all um, all the time, especially in that after that Wickham game, and we we were we were wondering, oh, what if um, Tottenham called him back in January, and then then he went through a dry run, he was out the side due to uh, Waters performing, and he probably. He probably hasn't had the roll of the dice either. And then last night, um, yeah, he showed really positive signs uh, when he did get the ball. And that's probably where he works well, when he drops deep and he allows runners past him. Um, but it's, it's a hard game um, in this squad at the moment because obviously you're not going to get momentum a lot, a lot of the time when you've got players breathing down your neck. We saw it with Warren O'Horan and Darling when... Um, when Darling got injured at Sheffield Wednesday, we saw Baldwin. He, he was probably man of the match for what he was on the pitch. It was solid. So we know that there's competition for places. But just going back on the Troy Parrott situation, there is a good player there. But it's just like he was. He had a silly moment in the Leighton Orient in the cut where he had sent. He got, he got sent off. So he's probably not helping himself. But at the same time, I'm I'm willing to give him time. But in these big games, you need you need players to um, come out and win you the three points. And is he that type of player? 
Well, I'm going to pass that question to Dole. Oh, well, like, like you said, Ross, at the start of the season, he, he he was really good. It was all guns blazing, really, for him, wasn't it? And that, and now he's he's kind of, he's gone in and out of the squad. But, I mean, if it is, if he did have COVID and, and whatnot, I mean, going away with Ireland, I, I, I'm, I'm fairly sure, I think he went to Lux, was it Luxembourg or Lithuania or somewhere? And he's come back and now he's got COVID, all this stuff, and he's only just come back. So he does need a bit of a run, but yesterday he, I, I thought he'd come on and, and he changed the game. It, it, if he'd have buried that chance, I think that that was it. We would have went on and won the game, but it, it's it's hard. At the start of the season, you look at our squad, you go, you've got our, our record signing, Isa. You've got Max Waters, who who done amazing at Crawley. He hasn't really done a lot at Cardiff. And now he's at us. And then you bring in Troy Parrott into the equation and you don't really know who's going to start. And I think the last recent weeks, obviously Mo got injured, then Waters started scoring goals. And and now and now Parrott's kind of coming back in. If, if, let, let, if we forget about the Papa John's incident or the red card or whatever, I think Saturday he's got he he has to play. I think he should start personally, but obviously we'll get onto our lineups later. But I um I do think he there is a good, real good player in there, but is Matt like is Manning feet in the back of his head thinking he could be gone soon? I, I really hope he's not. I think he should stay at us because for me, there's nothing worse than a player being at us from the start of the season to January, and then it because he's not going to go back to League One. He'll be shipped off to the Championship if Tottenham do decide to take him anywhere. And then he might not do a lot, and then then he's kind of back to square one because how many he's had what three, two, three loans, and he's I know he's been kind of played out of position, and he might not even know his proper position yet because the way he plays for Dons, he, he's a striker, he's a midfielder, he's a winger, he's everywhere, and I feel like somebody needs to have a bit of patience with him, and go right, kind of play him in different roles, and and I think Manning will do that if he stays with us, but. Time will tell. Yeah, I think there's a <clears throat> there's a lot to be said about the the conundrum of Troy Parrott. I think he's he's um, very much still young, but he's very much got absolute bags of talent. So I think it's all about maybe just managing that and um, seeing where we move forward in that. And uh, speaking of other young players with some massive talent, Harry Darling, I thought he probably had one of his. It was almost like watching Harry Darling of old in the first half against Plymouth. The amount of you know, he, he was just going on adventures every five minutes and he was taking the ball up the pitch and, you know, it really did, I think, cause Plymouth some problems. Um, unfortunately, though, he uh, he almost he ran the length of the pitch and uh, I think came off as a precaution more than anything due to a hamstring injury. Just moving forward, how do you guys feel about the depth at centre-back and Dalton? I mean, we've seen Baldwin... Um, Baldwin replaced uh, Darling before when Darling was suspended and I thought he did quite well. Um, but if, for instance, uh, another one of those back back three get injured, but how do you how do you just rate the, the general uh, centre-back uh, department at the moment? Um, I don't know. I mean, um, I think uh, Aidan Baldwin in for Harry... Like, Aidan Baldwin in, in the centre-half position, I think, is great. I think he's a great player. But like you said, say if... Say Saturday. So say if um, Darling is out for a couple of weeks. Say Saturday, O'Hara gets injured. So then what? So so then you've got uh, Lewington, um, Aidan Baldwin, and then I'm I'm not really too sure who, who like maybe Cass would have to drop in the middle. Jules, or, Jules, Jules. God, and I then Jack Davies. Where's he been yeah. these days? And yeah, Jack exactly. Davies has obviously been gone out on loan, hasn't he? So he's, he's on not loan available. At, um, Oxford City. Yeah. So. Um, I, I, I do think our, our backline options are good, but like you said, like um, I, I mentioned to a few blokes at work yesterday on the Don's games on telly, and two of them this morning went to me said, oh, "That centre half you've got, darling, he, he is great," and and I think he's he, he suited us to a T. But like you said, he 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 ran what 90, 80, 90 yards, and he, he tweaked his hamstring. I I can't imagine him playing Saturday because I don't think Manning would. Would um, would risk him, but Aidan Baldwin is a is a very good um, player to stick back in there, and 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 it's not like he hasn't played with the players before, and I, and I feel like any player that could drop in that centre half, I feel like with Dean Luton next year, it 
you that he's going to ease him in and ease him in. But it'll be always good to get another centre half in. But I feel like in January, if we if we are looking for anybody else, I feel like we do need another a um, a left back cover for for Harvey, and then I I wouldn't mind having another centre back option because. We've all seen the rumours about Fish and Darling, and and if he does go, then I, then I'd like to think that Sweetin and Manning would have a an, a couple options already lined up. But like you said, it's uh, but all all of them centre halves are all set up to play the way we play, where you drop in that their their passing accuracy is is well up there with the top. But you you'll definitely know the stats, Joe. Is they've got to be about 90 percent plus pass rate, haven't they? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're well up there. They're well up there, and I think it's yeah, it's how we play, and you've got to be. They've got to be able to do that. So yeah, I think um, just going on with what Dalt said, I think yeah, we've got some real solid options, but maybe the depth uh, in numbers isn't quite there. Um, but let's not, uh, Ross. Let's not uh, forget at the end of last season, Dean Lewington would probably had his best spell of the season whilst playing on the right hand side of the back three. I, I personally, I, I don't know what you guys think, but I'd rather see uh, Warren O'Hara step into that role. I think he's 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 a lot maturer than what his age is. I believe he's 21. Um, and I, I feel he's a lot older than that, um, just through his character on the pitch. And I'd, I'd stick um, Baldwin out on the right, uh, only because of, I feel with Darling sometimes, um, he does like to play it long, long um, to the wings. And... Just through what I've seen on the pitch, Ihora's got that te- uh, that passing ability also, and I just feel um, it's a bit more reassuring having Ihora because he's so used to playing out the back. I don't feel like Louis the super oh. option in the middle. I just feel um, we need to stick Louis out on the left because a lot of the time Dan Harvey gets caught, and because obviously Louis played so many games, he's got that extra yard or he can step back an extra yard and he's gained. He's gained the ball or whatever, so he, he's got the know-how of the game, and um, I just feel I'd I'd want to see Ohora step in the middle and then Baldwin slot across to the right. I believe we've done that against Sheffield Wednesday um, when we. That's how we set up at the start, but just looking on the options front, yes, it is a bit a bit worrying. But when you sign players, um, when we well when we signed Baldwin, um, he was on a free transfer, and we were probably thinking, oh, oh, he's just cover. But through his performances, he probably warrants a start. And that's not me being um, biased towards him or anything. I just feel like every time he's been on the pitch, he's been solid. And I'd probably give him about six, seven out of ten every time he's been on the pitch. So, um, yeah, the competition for places is there. But... Behind Bolden, I do feel like there's a massive drop um, in competition as such. I feel Jules, he probably isn't suited into that back three. I think he's probably more suited, especially at Walsall, as a left back. And he likes it as a flat back four. And he doesn't have to play out the back. And there's not as much risk as a left back. Um, And I just feel, yeah, he struggles at times and he gets caught too easy. And then we've got Alunga. Down that left, he's a bit young as well. So, as Dalt just mentioned, we need um, probably another head in that section. So, overall, yeah, the depth's not not great. But when Harry Darling is fit, you probably take that as on the whole. Yeah, I think it, you know it's always if buts and maybes. And if you do get another centre back in, then you know that if everyone's fit, well, they're going to be wanting to play, aren't they? So, you know, you don't want potential. Uh, problems in the dressing room but I've just thought I'd just, just mention that um, moving on to a final topic for the Oxford preview um, last night I thought we we were quite you know as, as I said before I thought we actually played all right and you know a draw or maybe you know we can maybe feel a little bit hard done by by draw but I was just thinking about how you know we actually managed this without some real key players and I'd probably say that there have probably been three of our top five players in the last six weeks or so so Peter Chioso, he's just been awesome all season. David Kasumu, I think, um, you know, with Kamara in the middle for Plymouth, which I think Dalton absolutely fell in love with last night. The amount of times he just absolutely intercepted everything. Um, 
So, yeah, you know, I think Miss Kasumi's energy in midfield and Waters, you know, we did go long a few times um, uh, against Plymouth because they weren't necessarily pressing us that high. And I think, you know, the goal actually came from uh, a beautiful uh, chip up the field from Fish and then, you know, just twine, just turning and playing the uh, playing snide through. But I think, you know, if we had the option to maybe go a bit longer more often with Waters running in behind, we've seen how effective that can be as well. So, I think it's obviously it was unfortunate they were missing, but Dalton, it's quite good to actually, you know, still be picking up a, a decent result with three key players missing. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And 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 with this, well, I mean, I'm just going to have a quick look now. So, um, be, uh, before Leighton Orient, which is obviously in the cup, Chalaya Watson hadn't played in the last three Dons games. And uh, and he come on and, and I thought Watson played all right. Do you know what I mean? He weren't he weren't yeah, bad. I think we'd all in the I think we'd all prefer Kyoto to be playing. But what you gotta look at is we're still in this Papa John's trophy thing. And and I feel like with with this because we haven't got that much depth. And I think for these players like uh, like Watson, McEachran, Robson. All them t- type of players that aren't necessarily going to be straight in the starting lineup. If we can throw them on for like a pl- like Plymouth at home on a Wednesday night, where the schedule's tight or there's all there's injuries, then then we're 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 sound because we we're, we're just going to need to keep keep getting all these players in, and then the first team players can then drop in and perform in the league, and then you never know we could we could go on a little run. In this Papa John's Trophy, and and it, it, it is all about depth, and um and it was a shame because I don't think anybody knew about uh, Kyoso and what and um, Kasumu. I mean, I I haven't heard properly what what was up with him. I think I think Liam actually said at the football that it was something to do with COVID. So I mean, thing, fingers crossed, it's all good, and and I'd I'd like to think that they'd be back. By uh, by Saturday, but you, you just don't know with all these protocols, all these days, all these self isolation stuff. You, you just don't know. But I thought, considering the people that didn't play, like 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 you just said, Joe, Cass has been a huge part of our season. Kyoso scored some vital goals. Uh, he He's going for the golden boot, mate. Yeah, that's that's it. Kyoso Kyoso keeps on moving, mate. So, and then and then you look at Max Waters. Max Waters is is injured, but. I mean, I, I dread to think how many points we would have dropped without him, without his goals this season. And and I think for for not necessarily our second team, so I don't think we have a second team, but then players that haven't really pushed for a starting place, but then can be dropped in and do a do a job. I think Liam Manning is will be over the moon with with um, Watson. Um, in the midfield, it's a bit hard to decide because I think McEquin's a class player. Robson was when Cass was injured. I, I like I, I can remember being at oh I can't remember what game it was it might have been Shrewsbury or Cheltenham and we were sat there saying bloody hell, Robson he, this is some player we've got and then he got injured. Cass comes back and I think a lot of people forgot how good Robson actually was in them first few games of the season and for him to to to, to nip in and out. I feel like the the you can't really pick out the start eleven. Kasumu, uh, McEachran. Robson, it's a, it's a hard because for me you can only really play two of them, and and it's quite hard to pick out of all them. But I, like I said, I'm I'm happy with how they all performed. But um, I would no disrespect to Watson or I'm gonna go with McEachran, but I would rather Kyoto and Kasumi in there because I feel like Robson Robson's a class player, but. I would pick Kasumu. Um, uh, McEachran's a class, a class player, but I would pick Kasumu over McEachran. Yeah, brilliant. And I think you've just, just there, you've illustrated sort of, you know, maybe <clears throat> in some areas we might not have, you know, uh, as much depth as maybe we like, but in, in when we do get these injuries, we, we have been pretty well covered, Ross, would you agree? Oh yeah, 100%. And I just feel, um, especially um, from the corners, um, aerially, Kyoso is a lot better than what Tanai is. I think that Tanai is a bit more balanced in his attack and defence. Um, but I just feel overall Tanai as a player is 
He's a bit more reassuring at the back defensively, I feel, than uh, Kyoso. But Kyoso makes up for it um, going forward. Um, and then obviously Kasumu, we could we could reap praises about that bloke all day. He could cover two men in the middle of the pitch, and it was gutting to see that obviously he was out against Plymouth. Sort of, I would have loved to see um, Kamara versus Kasumu. I'd probably fancy Kasumi in that role, but hey up. Um, uh, and then what is, well, we saw at Cambridge especially, he drags players out and lets Twiney do the, do the role. Um, so, yeah, at the end of the day, injuries happen in football um, and we just got to take it on the chin and ride the wave and hope they come back uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, brilliant. I think I think the main thing is just the, if especially when you look at last season, I just don't think the drop off between the starting players and those just below them is as big as maybe what it was last season, which I think is really great to see. Um, so right, I think that's enough chat about yesterday's uh, game against Plymouth. Uh, we're going to take a short break now, and then we're going to move on to our preview of Saturday's game against Oxford. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Right then, welcome back. And we're going to get straight into our preview ahead of this weekend's game against Oxford. Um, To put it bluntly, Oxford are a very good team. And especially at the moment, they're in a real rich vein of form. Um, they're nine unbeaten, despite having a few games where they've been absolutely ravaged by COVID injuries. Uh, well, COVID uh, uh, absentees. Um, there's been, um, I think they had one game postponed, but they also played a game with like 14 first team players. So, you know, real props to them for, for getting through that unscathed relatively. Um, they've, yeah, as I say, they've really sort of risen up the table in recent weeks. They're currently sat in sixth place on 36 points off 20 games um, they scored 32 in that time conceding 20 there's actually only two teams that have conceded less goals in them this season and for a Carl Robinson team that's actually quite unusual because normally you expect him to just be outscoring the other teams but it seems Oxford this season have actually you know they've really tightened up at the back and it uh, seems to be doing them some good um, with how they play of course knowing Robbo is an attacking lineup, they play an attacking 4-3-3 um, they've the player they play one holding midfielder and two sort of number eights either side of him. But the thing is, the holding midfielder they normally play, uh, Gorin, he's uh, he's got a long term injury. So Herbie Kane, who's not really a holding midfielder, has been filling in there. And Herbie Kane's a player of uh, a real pedigree. He's played a few, quite a few games of the Championship and come through the Liverpool Academy. So uh, certainly some talent there. Um, they and then either side of him they play. Uh, any they play um you know any any of a plethora of uh, attacking midfielders uh, so you've got some people like um like James Henry Cameron Brannigan uh, Marcus McGuane. so you they've got real options either side of Herbie Kane there um they've got wing backs that really push up um, so you've got Steve Seddon and um on the right hand side you've got um uh, Long and then I think as well with the centre backs they like to play play the ball out. They've got centre-backs that can dribble out of defence. They've got centre-backs that can pass out of defence. So they're all the team are comfortable on the ball, uh, which I think under under Carl Robinson is something that's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's almost a requirement. And they've got the fifth highest possession in the league, so just reflecting that fact that they, they do like to keep the ball down. Um, in terms of just some, some uh, little numbers and statistics here, um, the XG4 uh, so the XG they've created this season, they've created the fourth most in open play this season. So again, very good numbers there. But one thing to note as well, um, they've actually created the third worst from um, set pieces. So they really are not a threat from set pieces at all. Uh, and from a team that's very technical, you know, that's maybe not too much of a surprise, but maybe it's actually an area where we might be able to exploit them going the other way. Um XG against, they've actually got the third best open play XG against XG conceded, which for you know a Carl Robinson team again and this Oxford team because this Oxford team in the past has been known for scoring an absolute boatload of goals, but you know conceding a fair few as well. So 
you know, it's really quite, um, you know, shows signs of progressing, progression, especially with losing their best centre-back, Rob Atkinson, in the summer, that they're actually able to put in these uh, defensive numbers. And obviously the, the league table is reflective of that. Um, in terms of uh, just a couple of other things to back up what I've already said, they've uh, got the fifth highest, um, their fifth highest in League One for sequences of 10 or put 10 plus passes. So again, they will keep the ball, they will be patient with it. But I think one thing as well that shows that they are mixing it up a bit is their second for direct attacks. Um, and so, you know, counter-attacks is always going to be an option. And also, they've got some real pace that can, they can get in behind with. So it's not necessarily just going to be passing us to death. They're going to have, you know, a, quite a well-rounded threat and they can mix it up. So I think, you know, again, like Plymouth, it's not going to be an easy game. Um, they've got real, real options in the attacking areas, as have we. Um, and they play nice football. So hopefully it's a, another good game. I believe, Dalton, you've got a couple of players just to run us through and maybe some people we should potentially be worried about coming coming into Saturdays. Yeah, so um, I've uh, I've had a look at look through their squad and stuff today and obviously their, their main number nine, Matt Taylor, he's, um, he's scored seven in 18 already this season. Um, he's got one assist and um, I think everybody kind of knows what he's about. I mean, I don't know if... Uh, I'm sure you boys will remember. I think back in it must have been 2017. He went from Bristol Rovers to Bristol City um, after scoring. I've got down here in the 15-16 season. He scored 27 goals in 40, 46 games. That's, that's phenomenal, really. And then he um, he absolutely tore Bristol Rovers fans' hearts out by joining their uh, bitter rivals, Bristol City. And to be honest, his career never really kicked off after that. Um, he he made something like 50-odd appearances for Bristol City across four years, only scored about six goals. Um, and then, obviously, Carl Robinson got hold of him. And I have this, this, is, this, this is not um, confirmed, but I do think that he did get him on deadline day, a classic Robbo deadline day signing, uh, Matt Taylor. And from then, really, um, his first season in 2019-2020, uh, he scored 13 in, 19, in 29. And I think that's quite good. And then the following season, he followed up with 19 in 48, with a few assists as well. And he seems like their main man. He um, He's an out-and-out -out goal scorer. Um, I think uh, he scored the opening goal. No, he scored the equaliser at Sunderland a few weeks ago. And um, he, he's not the tallest, Matt Taylor, but he definitely gets in and around the box. Um, he, I'd say he's the main threat. And then the other the other fella is Steve Seddon. He's their, he's their left back, obviously played for um, AFC. Um, he's, he's already pitched in with two goals, five assists, just in 19 games this season. And, um, and he plays down that left flank. And um, and he's uh, he's he's a box to box kind of left left wing back left back if, if that's what you want to say, and um, and yeah and obviously that there I feel like with Oxford there they've had a very very much similar start to to us this season and in the fact that that they've um, they've only they've uh, we've scored six more than them this season, and um, but they've conceded five less, so so they're definitely a threat, but. It's um, it's going to be a great game, and uh, yeah, I'll tell you, I'm I'm looking, well, I'm gutted, I'm missing it to be honest. But um, but uh, Ross, you've got a couple of plays for us, haven't you, mate? Yeah, I have. Um, sorry about that, my mute button uh, didn't come off. Um, but James Henry, yeah, as you say, James Henry, um, he's plucking along um, nicely with Matt Taylor for the goals on the goals front. Um, he, he's an experienced international. Um, He's got over 200 appearances at League One level. And then um, I believe he p played in the Championship for Wolves. Um, he had a, a, easily over like 50 appearances for them. Um, so he's got the calibre underneath his belt. So he knows all the tricks in the books. Uh, he's got seven goals, three assists this season. But the interesting thing, he's missed um, three big chances. But he's also created two, two big chances, miss, which I missed. So um, he loves to get forward. And he's certain, certainly a player I'd keep an eye on because of the past few games. I know, especially against Doncaster, he came off the bench. Um, whether Robbo rested him or, or what, 
Um, but having a player like that come off the bench, and uh, I believe he got the winner against uh, Doncaster, which uh, got secured the three points. Um, yeah, it's not bad of a player to have off the bench if he is coming off. Um, he, so he's certainly one to watch. And then I've picked um, Cameron Brannigan. Yes, he doesn't set the um, the goals or assists alike um, on that front, but I feel technically he's one of the better better players in the side um, from what I've watched of him. Um, he sits on the left-hand side of that midfield, um, I believe, and he loves to travel the ball. And I feel if we are to have success... Um, we'll probably need like a Kasumu to stop that sort of player uh, having their impact on the uh, team and let them get in their rhythm. Um, but he loves an intricate pass through the, through the channels. So our back line have got to be um, alert to this. And he sometimes goes somewhat under the radar because obviously Taylor and that are nicking the goals. But he, you can't forget that he's on the pitch or he'll hurt you for sure. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, guys. Um so it looks like Matt Taylor may have worked out better than uh, J. Emmanuel Thomas did in, in terms of deadline deadline day signings. Just about. Um, Barcelona, Robbo. Yeah, yeah, just about. <laughs> and yeah, just on Matt Taylor as well. Quickly, one thing I've you know noticed in the in the over the years watching him is is an absolute pest. Like he just get he just tries to wind defenders up, get them sent off. I think he's already won himself a couple of penalties this year. Because so I think you know with our defenders you know well I think Louis he's not going to get drawn into any silly nonsense but you know Aidan Baldwin Warren O'Hara Harry Darling if he's playing they just need to just keep their heads because he's going to try and wind them up he's going to be you know nipping into them he's going to be pushing them he's going to be leaving digs on them so yeah really yeah good player but an absolute tool as well so he um, is he is <laughs> you know it's you you need that sometimes um, I think. Um, just quickly before we get onto our, our predicted lineups, then um, I just had I had a little look at um, how uh, Oxford have fared away from home. They've only actually won three games away from home this season. Um, also, in terms of teams in the playoffs, they've played Rotherham, which was nil nil. They played Wickham, which was nil nil. They played Sunderland, which was one all, and they lost three one to Plymouth. So three really tight games, and then one defeat um, at the hands of Plymouth. So with Oxford. You know, as I say, they are doing really well. But I think with with Oxford, one of their big strengths is that they put away the smaller teams. Um, they don't necessarily seem to absolutely, you know, compete as much as they would like with perhaps the top teams in the league. So just a little something to note there. Um, anything else you guys want to add on Oxford before we get into our predicted starting 11s? Just that they're a very good team, as you've just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're a very good team, but I mean, I would always love to get one over Robbo because I've, I, I, love, I love the bloke to bits. He, he's took us where almost where we've never been before. I know it's a bit, but we he has. But it's always good when you beat um, a manager. But like if, if Paul Tisdale and anybody else come back, you always want to beat him. But I do think this weekend it's going to be tough. It is going to be very tough because Robbo's yeah. going to get all his boys up for it. And like you said, uh, Joe, the likes of Matty Taylor, he's going to be up for it. Steve Sennett's going to be up for it, being an ex-AFC player. Um, uh, Herbie Kane, Connor, um, Cameron Brannigan, everybody's going to be up for it because they're going to look at that table and go, right, um, are we above them in the table? Or are we below? I don't know. I'm not quite sure. No, they're just above us. They're just above us. So, so what they're so thinking in their minds, they're going to be like, right, we, we can almost pull away from us now. But then in our minds, we're going to be like, right, if we win, we could go above there. And then I think we might have a game in Andover, these, don't we? Yeah, it oh, might no, we, we, we have a game in Andover, Plymouth. Yeah, it's, it's that's, that's it, yeah. an FC game. FC oh, is it? Wow. Wow. That, that game's just knocked up a little bit. <laughs> Bloody hell. And, and then, yeah. and then uh, just look, just briefly look at the table now. Wigan have somehow managed to get uh, nearly three games in Andover, some of the uh, teams in the playoffs. Yeah, they they they're starting to. Uh, I think we there's a couple of teams starting to pull away a bit, but I think uh, just uh, just uh, I think as long as we're there or thereabouts, a couple of ten guys to go, I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Um, just one other quick thing to note on Oxford: they've um they've gone behind four five times, <clears throat> only five times this season. Um, but out of those five times, they've only actually scored an equaliser once. So I think 
you know, maybe sometimes when they do go behind, they they do find it a little bit difficult to get it back into games. So an early goal for us could be something very, very good. Um, right. Dalton, do you want to kick us off with your predicted starting eleven? So, yeah, my starting eleven will be fish and goal. Um, and hopefully with the um, corona protocols, if, if they're allowed back, Kyoso at wing, uh, right wing back, Aidan Bowl with Warren O'Hara, Dean Lewis, and then Harvey at left uh, left back. And then Kasumi running the midfield if he's back. And then Twine O'Reilly and then um, Parrot in the middle. And then up top will be Isa. And I just think the way that Parrot kind of come on and done quite quite good in the game, I think, against Oxford, I, I, I'm more than happy to, to let Kasumu run the midfield and let O'Reilly and Antoine drop in as well as Parrot. And then hopefully Parrot can then get on it with Isa. And I'm, yeah, that's that's my lineup. Um, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Dalton. Um, I myself have gone for fishing goal as well. I've gone for the same back five. So hopefully Pete's back. But if not, I think we know tonight can slot in okay. I've gone for Aiden Baldwin, Was, and Louis with Harvey uh, on, on the left hand side. Um I've I've gone sim I've gone similar to you. No, I haven't gone similar to you, sorry. I've gone, I've also gone with Matt O'Reilly playing back in midfield, but I've put him with Ethan Robson. I just think back to the games against, I think it was Accrington and Portsmouth. And I just think those two worked really well together. So I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing Matt O'Reilly a bit deeper where he can influence the game a bit more alongside Ethan Robson. Um, and then I've gone for a sort of a similar attack to what we had earlier in the season with Troy Parrott and Scott Twine just buzzing around, uh, buzzing around my eyes. I think they worked really well together. And I think, you know, I think Troy, he did, he did something when he came on and he really... You know, he dropped deep, he got the ball, he linked play and he was dangerous. So I think Troy Parrott and Scott Twine behind my eyes is something that I'd really like to see. So Ross, how, whose lineup are you, is you, are yours, is yours more familiar with? Um, well, I, I've gone with a different shape. I've gone with the usual shape we normally go to, uh, obviously on Tuesday. So have I. Yeah, but you, you, you're playing the box. I thought you were playing the box. Yeah, yeah I'm playing the box. Yeah, with Parrot, Parrot, you're playing O'Reilly deeper than what Parrot. Yeah, I'm playing. I'm play. playing. Yeah, I'm playing O'Reilly and Robson sitting, and then Parrot and Twine behind Isa. Oh, sorry. So I, I, I'm, I'm playing Matt O'Reilly more advanced. Sorry. Um, um, so I've gone with fishing goal, and then I've gone with the same usual. Um, well, I say usual. The second half against Plymouth, I think that'll probably be the back five of Watson, Baldwin, O'Hora, Louis, and Harvey. I, I, I feel. Kyoso, um, Kasumi, with it being Wednesday, we're going to have, what, a recovery day today and then we're going to have a training session probably Friday. Is that enough time for Kyoso and Kasumi? I, I love them to bits, but is it is it enough time for them to play 60 minutes? It's, quite, it's, it's in doubt, but we'll see. Um, so And then in the deeper role, I've gone with McEachran and Robson. Yes, Plymouth, the thing with Plymouth's style, they're quite aggressive. So they probably McEachran probably struggles a bit more because he's put under, put under pressure a bit more. So I feel like against obviously Oxford, I feel like he'll probably have a bit a bit more time, but not as much. Um, so I've gone with McEachran and Robson, and then um, just above them, I've gone with the usual Matt O'Reilly and Twine. I feel like two players again, you just undroppable at the moment. Um, and then I've gone with Mo up top. Thing with Mo is. You watch, he, he'll put one of them chances away this weekend and we, we, we'll be all happy about it and we won't even be thinking about it. So, yeah, it's, it's a, probably a boring lineup for me, but I, I do feel like we'll get the, the job done. No, no, I like it. I like that we've all gone slightly different and all got, you know, maybe some of us got 12 to players in our team as well. So it's all good to, all good to see. Um, Four right mistakes, there. Joseph. Four mistakes. <laughs> Moving swiftly on, we've now got our score predictions. Now, I'm going with the theory that it's going to be a tight game. Quite a few of the big games we've played this season have been tight, bar that Rotherham game, which I'm trying to still erase from my memory. Um, so I'm going to go for a 1-0 victory to the Dons where we get a goal early in the second half and 
You know, we we withstand the Oxford barrage and miss loads of chances on the counter attack, but we're glad because we've won. Dalton, why don't you give us your score prediction? Um, so last time I was on, actually, I got my prediction right. So there's a lot of no pressure, pressure on me this week, but but I'm I'm going to go with two run dons, and I reckon it's um it's going to be one one. 88 minutes gone and Ethan Robson's going to burst through the defence and bag a goal right in front of the cow shed. Very specific, Dalton. I like it. Yeah, you've heard it here first. Thank me later. Brilliant. Well, Ross, can you beat that, my friend? Uh, probably not as exciting as that, but um, <laughs> I've, I've gone in a positive manner like Dalton. I've gone with a 2-1 also. Um, I just feel, especially against these top sides, we do play well. We did see it at Sheffield Wednesday. We, we were giving them a proper good game in that first half. And then, we obviously, we went into that negative mindset of trying to sit back on a lead. Um, but I just feel at home, I, we, we're normally G'd up for these sort of games. And I, I do feel like we, we, we will score. Um, and I, I do feel like Mo will get back on the scoring sheet and uh, it'll be all rosy again up top. And I'm hoping... Uh, in the next couple couple of weeks, Max Waters can start pushing him a bit more when he comes back from fitness. Brilliant. Well, I think that rounds us all off. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we can see as many people as we can there on Saturday. Uh, quick note as well, Burton Away is coming up. Uh, that's on the 18th of December. So, I think that's going to be a big one. Nice last last one before Christmas. So, uh, yeah. you know, make sure you get your shopping done early so you can spend the last weekend before Christmas in Burton, watching watching Liam Manning's boys go at it again. So, yeah, thanks again for listening, guys, and come on, you dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.